Well, beer juggernaut Anheuser-Busch, the parent company of Bud Light, has lost billions of dollars in its market value in the days following a public relations disaster when they hired a trans activist to sell their beer, and a federal court appeals court late Wednesday pressed pause on a lower court ruling that had suspended the approval of an abortion pill. Also, I'm going to answer a listener question about whether or not God has a gender. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. This is Friday, and I'm glad you guys are here. A lot going on here at the Homeschool Resource Center. Tonight is the night that we have our very big and first gala to raise money to help us begin the process of finishing the purchase of our brand new facility and then jumping into planting homeschool cooperatives and homeschool resource centers more specifically around the United States. You guys can find out more about that by going to Firmly Planted Family, and I hope that you'll check it out. I want to talk about some of the headlines. Well, and let me back up, because speaking of headlines, I'm going to have an awesome, awesome new friend on the show. Many of you have heard me talk about Rebecca Friedrichs. She wrote a book years ago called Facing Goliath, and I read it on an airplane heading somewhere to speak for an event, and I'm telling you what, you guys, It absolutely opened my eyes to the wickedness of the education system as it relates to our teachers unions. And Rebecca used to be a teacher. She's going to come on next week and we're going to talk about what's going on with the uh, the education. She calls them the education mafia. That's exactly what they are, you know, rooting out the good teachers and filling their spots with activists who are disguising themselves as teachers. The front lines of the culture war in this country can be found in the education system. And the root, the giant, if you will, of it all, is the education mafia, otherwise known as the National Educators Association, a wicked, evil, corrupt organization. And we're going to talk to you about how if you're a teacher or you're in one of those unions, because of the Janus decision, you no longer have to give them your money. If you are a government employee, you work for the public, if you work in the public sector, You do not have to give your money to the unions anymore because of the Janus decision. Rebecca Friedrichs was hugely instrumental in helping that that, uh, come to pass here in the United States. And it's going to be a powerful, powerful interview. So I can't wait for you guys to come back for that. Also, we are seeing our subscription service getting better and better every day. And if you want to get an extra 20 minutes or so with me and kind of get some behind the scenes information on our guests and special offers and that kind of thing, the way to do that is to go to Spotify and just click on the subscribe button. This is a new service that Spotify is offering, and I know that some of you have had a little bit of trouble with it, so hang in there. Spotify is working out some of the glitches, but the idea, and as of today, I'm seeing it working a little bit better, but the idea is that you subscribe over Spotify and then you will get that streaming content that's just for subscribers wherever you listen to podcasts currently. So if you go to Spotify and you subscribe there, it's $6.99 a month. And I'm going to be bringing you content up to five times a week, but a minimum of three days a week, we'll be giving you extra content here at the show and an opportunity to interact on a more personal level with me through your questions, through polls, uh, all those kinds of things. So I hope you guys will check that out and become a subscriber. It's a really great way for you to support an organization that is working very hard to get the truth out there. And 
Uh, I know a lot of you are looking for organizations to support Friendly Planted Family. The nonprofit that my husband and I started uh, nearly 25 years ago is a great way to do that. And also just become a subscriber to the Heidi St. John podcast. Your $6.99 a month is going to go a long way to helping us increase what we're doing. It takes money to uh, get these podcasts out there. It takes money to hire staff. Uh, I saw one of you on Instagram ask me, you know, why in the world I would uh, start, you know, she said, what did she say? Something like I was uh, holding back content from people. I'm not doing that. Uh, What I've done is I've actually created more content and I've asked for those of you who are interested and want to support me to uh, to come alongside and help me by subscribing to the show over at Spotify. And uh, it's just going to get better and better as we go along. So thanks, you guys, for your patience and for subscribing. All right. This is going to be a, a bit of a, uh, a tough conversation because I'm going to talk about the abortion pill today. And uh, it's been in the news because a federal judge had blocked the distribution of the abortion pill, right, because of Roe v. Wade. It, this is supposed to be, again, a state's rights issue. And I've been following this story pretty closely. And I read in USA Today, I'm going to quote from this and I'll link back to in the show notes today, but uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on legally and what's going on in the culture. And I'm going to play for you a video about how the abortion pill actually works. I hear all the time the abortion industry say that abortions are safe. They are anything but safe. Number one, it's not safe for the baby at all. Absolutely takes the life of an unborn baby and it's very dangerous for the mother. Uh, We're talking about ending a human life and messing around with your body and with your reproduction. And it's 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 very, very scary what's happening in our country right now as these abortion activists push harder and harder and harder to normalize the killing of our unborn babies. So let me bring you up to speed on what's been happening with the fight over mifepristone, which is an abortion inducing drug called the abortion pill. Here in the United States. And this article came out of foxnews.com. All parents have nightmare scenarios for kids, the hypothetical situations that keep us up at night. And for decades, the federal government has been making one of these nightmare scenarios real by making dangerous chemical abortion drugs available to women and teenage girls and stripping away basic safeguards. But finally, last week, the nightmare got a big wake up call. Last Friday, In a lawsuit which the Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys represented four medical associations and four doctors, a federal district court in Texas halted the FDA's 2000 approval of chemical abortion drugs. These are drugs that have caused serious harm to countless women and girls in the past two decades. The Biden administration has seven days from the issuance of the decision to appeal before the court's stay order goes into effect. What they say, and here's their argument, that the FDA violated its authority to pro- to approve the drugs, but since 2000, it has recklessly allowed corporations to sell these dangerous drugs to women and girls. And in 2021, the agency made things even worse by allowing online pharmacies to sell these dangerous drugs through the mail. Now, you knew that the Biden administration, who loves their culture of death, you knew that they were going to go ahead and appeal And that's exactly what they did. The Department of Justice on the 13th said they were going to appeal the abortion pill case all the way to the Supreme Court. Of course, this is Merrick Garland. Don't forget that Merrick Garland wanted to be a Supreme Court justice for the United States, and uh, he missed his opportunity thanks to President Trump. 
But President Biden is appealing the federal appeals court decision that has placed this partial restriction on the availability of the abortion pills here in the United States. In my neck of the woods, my uh, wicked, evil governor, Jay Inslee, decided that he was going to purchase three years of a supply of this dangerous drug to kill babies in the off chance that this decision held uh, held up. I think it's going to go all the way to the Supreme Court. But last Wednesday, the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans ruled two to one to keep the abortion pill mifepristone available only to be dispensed up to seven weeks, not 10 and not by mail. The decision partially overturned a ruling by the Texas judge that put a nationwide halt on the FDA's more than 20-year approval of the abortion pill. Of course, the Biden Justice Department is seeking a stay on the entire injunction. And uh, they they issued, of course, a horrific statement talking about how uh, little girls, you know, girls should be able to access abortion, right? They talk about it being safe and legal. Uh, Listen, it might be legal, but it's anything but safe. So we need to understand what it means to get a chemical abortion. What does that look like? I'm going to play a video for you and stop every little bit and comment on it. But if you've got little children listening or you don't, your your little ones don't understand about abortion, this might not be a segment that you're going to want to listen to with them with you. I'm just giving you a little bit of a warning. Let's listen in to what a medical abortion is all about. Medication abortion in the United States involves two pills, mifepristone and misoprostol, and can be safely used up to the first 11 weeks of pregnancy. Okay, hold on. I'm going to stop right there. So here is a smiling physician, Dr. Emily Godfrey, and she's an associate professor of family medicine and obstetrics and gynecology at the University of Washington School of Medicine. First of all, it makes me physically sick that people who call themselves obstetricians, people who deliver babies for a living, would be involved in the killing of an unborn child. Uh, Many of you guys don't know this, but a long time ago, I went to the Seattle School of Midwifery. I went there to get a certificate in uh, childbirth education with the goal of becoming a midwife. And through my time at the Seattle School of Midwifery, I decided this was not any kind of a, I mean, this was a long time ago. This is, you know, 25 years ago or more. I decided I didn't want any part of the midwife movement in the state of Washington because on one hand, these women, a lot of them were just angry lesbians. But on one hand, they would help you deliver your baby. But if you got a 37-weeker and you don't want it, they're just as happy to, to uh, take that child out and kill it at 37 weeks. And I saw this with my own two eyes. This is a culture of death. You've got this doctor here on video smiling about how great it is that you can get a chemical abortion and explaining the two pills that it takes to start the procedure. Let's keep listening. The first pill that blocks pregnancy hormones is a single pill that patients can swallow. The second... Okay, let me tell you how you swallow it. So they're talking about uh, mifepristone. That's the first pill that you take, 200 milligram tablets. And what they'll tell you is you put four underneath your tongue. You sit there for 30 minutes and you don't talk and you let them dissolve under your tongue. And then you take a glass of water and you swallow them down. This is this is the procedure that's going to that's going to start contractions happening in the uterus. It's going to uh, induce basically labor and the woman is going to start bleeding. So after a little bit of time, you're going to take four more pills. And uh, and so she's kind of skipping exactly how you do that. But that's the first way. And most of the videos, like if you guys were to go to YouTube and in fact, if you want to be really sad, go to YouTube and just uh, 
just search for Mifepristone and you'll see hundreds, if not more, videos of doctors and activists telling young girls how to induce abortion through a chemical abortion pill. Let's go on to step two. Pill is actually four separate pills. To get the dose high enough, you have to take four of them. But you don't want to swallow them. So they either go under the tongue or in the buccal mucosa. The chances that this will be successful, 98%. Okay, so she's right. She right. So the chances that you start taking these pills four at a time under your tongue, letting them dissolve, 98% effective rate, a 98% kill rate for an unborn baby. There's less than 1% chance that a patient who uses this regimen needs any kind of hospitalization, blood transfusion, um, antibiotics, or needs a surgical procedure. So in other words, it's super easy, you guys. Just It's super easy. Just go down and get this chemical abortion pill and start putting them under your tongue. And there's less than 1% chance it's going to bother you at all. Less than 1% chance that you're going to have any kind of trouble at all. You're needing any kind of surgical intervention. It's great. It's super great. So that's something I really want to emphasize to patients. Yeah, I bet you The do. two medications, mifepristone and mesoprostol, are safer than many other uh, medications that I prescribe, including penicillin or Tylenol or insulin. Listen to this, you guys. Listen how completely demonic and wicked this is. She's telling you, listen, you guys, mifepristone and mesoprostol, these two baby-killing pills that I'm going to give to young girls and women, is safer than penicillin, safer than Tylenol, safer than insulin. She just told you that it's safer for you to kill your baby than it is for you to take a Tylenol. I'm I'm out of words. Let's keep listening. When you're placing those four tablets inside your your buccal mucosa, that's when to expect... Within two to four hours, quite a bit of cramping and bleeding. It's going to be, the bleeding is going to be heavier than a period for sure. Right, because you're killing your baby. Gonna be, I say like a really bad period. Right, a really bad period that is sloughing off the lining of your uterus that is keeping your unborn baby nourished and healthy and whole. And sometimes that trickle, light bleeding can continue for about seven days, seven to 14 days. If there's Maxi pads being filled to an hour for two consecutive hours. And I like to explain it as, you know, front to back, side to side being filled. Um, That we consider is an emergency. So patients should be reaching out to their healthcare provider. If they're not reaching their healthcare provider, consider going to a local emergency room. But other than that, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. You guys, we live in a culture of death. And as we're going to see, and I'm just going to encourage you to pray about what is going on right now, because this appeals court now has, uh, 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 this just a few days ago, pressed pause on this lower court ruling. And the order from a divided three-judge panel from Louisiana allowed the FDA's 23-year-old approval of Mifeprostone to remain in effect, but declined to stay a lower court's ruling that imposed significant restrictions on access to the drug. The other thing that was so upsetting to me about this, and I I read the comments on a couple of these um, abortion pill videos that you can access on YouTube. You guys, there are 14, 15-year-old girls on there that are saying, hey, I only have eight pills. Will that work? 
Well, no, it won't work. You're going to you're going to partially kill your baby and you're going to be in huge trouble yourself. And the questions on here, how many um, how many abortions can I have? Uh, And they call them self-managed abortions. That's what they're calling it, a self-managed abortion. God forgive us in this country that we have allowed this to continue this long. And as I've said to you guys many, many times before, there are things that you can do. You can speak up. You can speak. The Bible says to speak for those who are being led to death. Uh, In Psalm 107, verse 4, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We know that God's heart is for children. We know that God said children are a blessing. And he never gave a, a, a caveat as to the circumstances of that child's conception. We're talking about human beings here whose lives are being snuffed out by pills that you can uh, that you can get over the counter. Young girls having access to these pills without the knowledge of their parents. It's so disgusting. And the big question now is whether or not the Biden administration is going to uh, appeal this all the way to the Supreme Court. Of course, they absolutely will. If they haven't done it already, that's exactly what's coming next. So I think they're going to fight this. I think they're going to fight the abortion pill ruling. I think they're going to try to go the other direction. But I am praying with everything that's in me that we become, again, a culture of life in this country. It's so important that we begin to talk about why it's so, why uh, human life is precious. And once we once we start saying, oh, life isn't precious anymore, or it doesn't matter, or, you know, or, or, or uh, little girls should have access to abortion, it's an indicator of the spirit that's at work in this country, an indicator of what we are doing to our young girls and to our children by saying, we're not holding these, these uh, young boys accountable. We're not teaching our kids abstinence anymore. We're not teaching them about the preciousness of the sexual relationship and that it belongs in marriage between one man and one woman. Listen, uh, I, I, loved, uh, I loved what my guest said the other day when we were talking about this. Christians should be at the front of this thing and not at the back. Because God is the one who made sex, and God told us the boundaries in which sex would be a blessing, in which we would flourish in the sexual relationship. And Christians should be talking about how awesome marriage is, how awesome family is. Now, I, I tell every, uh, every young family that I know, every young couple, I'm like, get married, have a passel of kids. Like, get married young, have a bunch of kids. There is joy in family life, and there's joy and fulfillment and uh, it's just it's it's magical, right? Uh, this the ability that God gives uh, human beings to to create a little person, and we just watched a woman, uh, smiling, talking about how it was no big deal. It's safer to kill your baby than it is to take penicillin or Tylenol. God forgive us for for doing this. Uh, it's a, it's a shame. So I'm going to encourage you guys just pray about this. Watch it in the news. Talk to your lawmakers, but more than anything else, because I think sometimes we can. We can feel uh, frustrated about what's happening. More than anything else, we should be praying, coming before the Lord of heaven's armies and saying, intervene, Father God, intervene on behalf of these young ones that are being killed uh, when no one else knows, right? A lot of times, even the the grandparents of these little ones that are being killed have no idea that their 15-year-old daughter is up in her bedroom uh, taking abortion pills. This is not safe. It might be legal, but it's not safe. It certainly kills one human being's life and puts another's life in jeopardy. All right. In other news, you guys know my absolute disdain for a uh, trans activist who I shall not name on the show anymore because I don't want to give this guy any more uh, any more breathing room than he already has. But he came out last week. Remember, uh, Anheuser-Busch now has a man in woman face selling their beer. And I super love this because 
the, the, the poetic justice of the whole thing. Uh, as it turns out, they've lost billions of dollars of market value in the days after this happened. So they're calling it now a public relations nightmare. The New York Post reported that the value of the company plummeted by more than $5 billion, that's billion with a B, as stock prices fell nearly 4%. At one point, the value of the company had fallen by more than $6 billion, but appears to have slightly recovered as stock prices were up nearly 1.5% on Thursday. Uh, they have faced backlash because of major conservative figures, including Kid Rock and John Rich and Travis Tritt and, Ch- and Tucker Carlson and a whole bunch more. Joe Rogan, who is popular on the political right but not conservative, he dismissed the outrage aimed at the company and drank a Bud Light during his episode, Joe Rogan's Experience, this last week. Listen, uh, I applaud people for coming out and saying, how about you stop using men in woman face to sell your products? So oil the lay, gone totally woke. I hate to break that, you know, break that news to you women. If you're using, you know, Regenerist, mm, just it's just not going to work anymore. It's just bad stuff. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you guys Keep, you know, put your money where your values are. This is how come I stand so strongly against Disney. This is how come I've been saying, you know, if, in as much as we can, and I realize we can't boycott everything. I totally understand that. But if there are areas of your life you think, you know what, I don't need to take that vacation to Disneyland. I could go to the Ark Encounter or I could go to, you know, Colonial Williamsburg or I could go see George Washington's home in Mount Vernon on the East Coast. There are so many good things that we can do with our money. Why, why, why would we give them to uh, these woke companies like KitchenAid and uh, Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch, any of the beers that are owned by the Anheuser-Busch company? Why in the world would we give our money anymore to Oil of Olay? Uh, It's just amazing to me. Lego, totally woke. I don't know if you saw their latest campaign, but they are basically advocating for transgender rights now. It's just sick. We, we're living in a soul sick world that absolutely needs Jesus. And it's going to require Christians to start speaking out and uh, and doing what they know is right. And so that's been, I mean, pretty important to me, at least. I've been following this for a while. And I wanted to just let you guys know about what's happening for sure with the abortion pill and these rulings that are coming fast and furious. The Biden administration is going to continue to push and we need to push even harder in prayer that God would protect the unborn in the United States of America. All right, last thing I want to touch on today is this. I in my Bible study, I had uh, I made a statement that God was genderless. I was talking and I was trying to show how big God is. Right, that God isn't like us. That he he exists outside of space. He exists outside of time. He's existed before the world began. We know this about God because it says so in his, in his word. And I mentioned uh, almost in passing in a Bible study that God was genderless. And then that got out into the interwebs and people were saying that I was woke and that I was, you know, buying the non-binary <laughs> binary garbage. And I told my staff, I was like, listen, if people think that I have bought into the whole non-binary thing, they obviously don't know me at all. But I'm standing by what I said. God does not have a gender the Bible does. God is a spirit, and so uh, when he, when God refers to Himself, often He refers to Himself in the masculine. But it doesn't mean that God has a gender like we think of male sex and female sex, right? Complete with male and female body parts. This is not God. God is a spirit. So when we have conversations about God and about His gender, I mean, you guys heard me roundly criticize the shackle. Well, I criticized it for lots of reasons, but one of the reasons was that they referred to God in the feminine. 
And I'll get to that in a second. But John 4, 24 states that God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And since God is a spirit, he's a spiritual being, uh, he doesn't possess physical human characteristics. And that's why I said God is without gender. There is language in the Bible that when God refers to himself, he refers to himself, as I just did, in the masculine. And I think that's where the confusion came in. People are saying, no, no, God God is male. No, God's not male and he's not female. God is a spirit. Again, John 4, 24, God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So we assign uh, human characteristics to describe God, God, and that's called anthropomorphism. I've talked about this in the study that in Genesis that I'm doing right now with all of you over at Faith That Speaks. So I'd encourage you to go over and look at that. But anthropomorphism is a means for God, who is a spiritual being, to communicate truth about his nature to us. And we are physical human beings, right? We are physical beings. And since humanity is physical, we are limited in our understanding of those things beyond the physical realm. Therefore, anthropomorphism in scripture helps us to understand who God is. And I love this answer at gotquestions.org. I'm going to link back to it in the show notes today. Uh, by, by the way, you guys have heard me quote from, from Got Questions. I would encourage you, one of my favorite uh, websites, probably ever, when it comes to sticky questions or questions about theology, doctrinal questions, it's just a great place to go. I, I look at them sort of like the Prager University for uh, theology, right? I wouldn't go to PragerU for theology if my life depended on it, but I would go to uh, gotquestions.org. But listen to what they said. I love this. Some of the difficulty comes in examining the fact that humanity is created in God's image. Genesis 1, 26 to 27 says, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, talking about the Trinity, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Both man and woman are created in the image of God. And in that, they are greater than any other creation that God made. We are made in the imago Dei, the image of God. We have a mind, we have a will, we have intellect, we have emotions, we have a capacity to understand right and wrong. Animals don't possess this. Animals do not possess an emotional capability. They do not possess a moral capacity, and they don't possess an immaterial component like human beings do. The image of God is the spiritual component. Listen up. This is important. Lean in. Because those of you who heard me say that God didn't have a gender and, and freaked out, you need to hear this. The image of God is the spiritual component that humanity alone possesses. God created humanity to have a relationship with him. And we are the only creation designed for that purpose. That said, men and women are patterned after the image of God. They are not tiny copies of God. And the fact that there are men and women does not require God then to have male and female characteristics. Remember, being made in the image of God has nothing to do with physical characteristics. And this is probably the most important uh, aspect of this. God, of course, in the Bible, as I told you guys before, refers to himself in the masculine uh, many times he uses masculine pronouns uh, in the Bible. In the Gospels alone, Christ uses the term father in direct reference to God nearly 160 times. And of particular interest is Christ's statement in John chapter 10, verse 30, I and the father are one. Obviously, Christ Jesus came in the form of a human man to die on the cross as payment for our sins. And like God, the father, Jesus was revealed to humanity in male form. 
Scripture records numerous other instances where Christ utilized masculine nouns and pronouns in reference to God. So this is an interesting conversation to have, but in no way was I saying that I have bought into the to the lie that uh, that that there is such a thing as a human being that can be non-binary. God isn't like us. He is a spirit. God is a spirit. And as such, he does not possess the human characteristics of male and female. That's all I have time for today. I will meet you right back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.